Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you a milestone Garage Logic podcast, number 450. It was 97 degrees on this day in 1937, and as I've told you, 1974 was a chilly year. It was 42 degrees was the low on this day in 1974. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. For the first time, probably since mid-March, I was in a car today between 11 and noon, taking my computer over to KSTP where uh, oh. Jim Wolf fixed it. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Rich. Rich Miller. Rich Miller. Yeah. And I don't know what he did to it, but he did the voodoo and, and it worked and I was much appreciative. Pause. Yeah. Pause. Yeah. Yeah. You're, not, taking, my, not you're only, taking my fun away because I'm almost done composing the tweets not slamming only you. did the most, as Kenny called him, the most tenured employee in the building <laughs> But also probably one of the most devoted Garage Logic fans inside our walls and, and just came to walk, your rescue. A walking living genius. The man can <laughs> fix anything. And he did. From and computers I, to cars to carburetors, you name it, he can fix it. I'm terribly grateful. I was a bit rattled. Uh, in case you haven't noticed by now, uh, in order to keep this mayor's office running smoothly, yep. I'm a terrible, and I admit it, I'm a terrible creature of habit. All my ducks need to be in a row. If one duck falls off the wayside, it throws me off. Well, this morning I'm using the computer uh, before show prep starts. I was uh, starting to write a column, and I noticed it wouldn't save. And I thought, well, this can't do. If, I don't, if I'm not able to save it, I can't use this to write a column. Because I wasn't prepared to do the column in one take. So in any event, I thought, well, maybe this uh, computer needs to be rebooted or whatever. So I turned it off. And then that just led me down an incredible rabbit hole of having to change passwords and something called a keychain, which I had never heard of before. And I kept getting uh, resistance. I finally called uh, Mike Weber, and Mike said, I'll put you on the gym. Nope. And Rich, Rich, put you on a Rich. And uh, Rich said, I got a hard meeting at one that I can't uh, avoid, but if you get, get over here right now, I'll, I'll, I can take care of it. And I did, and he did, uh, and I'm grateful to him. Where, where I was going with that is I hadn't been in an automobile since mid-March, so I, I was going up and down the dial now that I have a car that actually has a radio that worked, my new Fiat. And I listened to a very prominent national talk show host who now refers to himself as the mayor of realville oh, and i really? thought hmm hmm wow hmm i mean is wow. that kind of like the mayor of garage logic so Although you'll wow. never get to the garage logic uh nationally known radio host you don't quite have it to be the mayor of garage logic i guess you'll be the mayor of realville would this be a uh, nationally syndicated radio host that may or may not used to share the same frequency as you at one time Yes, the one who would never let me fill in for him. (laughs) (laughs) God bless him, by the way. I hope he's doing well. I hope he feels well. But I was just amused. I was amused that didn't he used to be the, uh, wasn't he the nation's anchor man or something? Didn't he have another uh, phrase that he called himself? And all of a sudden he's... uh, 
He's got that mayor title going for him. Didn't uh, mm. was it Bernard that called him lush? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm what calling a, Rich Jim. Yeah, so what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? It's an odd time, Joe. What, what are you gonna, gonna do? do? What are you but gonna Rioville do? doesn't really have a cool ring to it. Yeah, you'd I mean, think a guy of that prominence would have come up with something a little bit more creative than you'd, that. You'd, you'd think so. Uh, in any event, uh, Rush, like many other people on the radio this morning, I can imagine, were talking about the uh, duplicity or hypocrisy of Nancy Pelosi. And I think they all, they, to a certain extent, they got it. To, to a certain extent, they missed it. If, you, if you're unaware of the story, apparently Nancy Pelosi, who's 80, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and lives in a very tony area of San Francisco, good for her, uh, she made an appointment at a salon in California to have her hair done. Okay. Apparently, the salons in California are closed by gubernatorial edict. Isn't that been verified, Kenny? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So we can only conclude that she must have must be her regular place, and she called and said, will you accommodate me? And they said yes. Maybe they were intimidated. In any event, she didn't wear a mask. And, well, but, Joe, you have to wear a mask. Well, we do. Oh, but what I think the national guys might have missed is that this was nothing more than an example of the political class living on its own rail. Yep. That's what it really is. The rules that apply to us out here in the heartland do not apply to the political class. Do as I say, not as I do. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and the nationally known broadcaster I was listening to, who is entertaining, I understand that, he, he had some good riffs on this. He said, uh, uh, you know, millions of Americans are hiding behind their front door, afraid to go out uh, because they think this unknown uh, germ will attack them. If they literally said, look at, look at Marjorie, which she told us. She goes for a walk with either family or friends, but she hasn't left her house. Yeah. Her groceries are done for her by her kids, and kids are now, you know, getting into their 60s and 70s, whatever. But she's been very careful. Well, here's here's 80-year-old Nancy Pelosi who uh, goes to the salon and has her hair done, no mask. And and I, I think it's with some uh, justification that, that people are calling her out on this. But it won't make any difference that she's being called out on this because no. she lives on the third rail. She lives on the third rail. Mm. What applies to her is not at all expected to be applied to you. But we're seeing a lot of the same stuff happening locally. You know, uh, what was it? This was it the story? I think we talked about this on the air, but maybe it was off. Of Walls and his family attempting to go out to eat, and they I did were, not. Oh, I'm unaware of this story. They they attempted no. to go out to eat, I, or maybe it was an emailer that sent it in. Anyway, they attempted to go out to eat. I don't want to name the place, but they were they were asked to leave. Did they attempt to eat indoors? I can't remember if it was indoors or outdoors. I'll see well, if I why can would find they, the story. Why would they have been asked to leave? The, Restaurants are dying for business. Well, that particular place was upset with the governor's order. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. They, they were, were giving them the needle. They're, yes, exactly. I see. But I see. And we're seeing, I mean, look at, I, I just said you but, guys. But, oh, but, ahead, but, 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 but. Uh, the governor wanting to go out to eat is not an example of the governor living on the third rail. There's plenty of examples of the governor True. living on the third rail, but the True. mere fact that he and his family wanted to dine out is not an example of the third rail because we can all still dine out, uh, uh, most most ideally for me personally, outside. Sure. And those those days are drawing to a conclusion. So, you know, I don't know what I'll do this winter. I love to dine out. That's the one thing that CP and I really have in common. Well, uh, since we're on the topic, and Reavers, I want you to talk about um, Surly, but before yeah. that, 
Um, the, the roommate went over to the Cardinal last night to pick up a takeout, and uh, the gal working there said, you know, you could just as well eat inside. And uh, the roommate looked around. The Cardinal's pretty big in there. Three couples dining. Really? Yeah, and that's a it's a shame to see that. It's 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 tough. My return to the building today uh compels me to wish to return to the building. And as I was telling you guys off air, I have a the youngest kid I used to have is due uh with a child any time now. Uh I think technically it's supposed to be more like about September thirteenth, but she's about as big as this new fiat I bought. <laughs> and she could she could go at any time and I think uh and she's been so self conscious and conscientious about uh, you know, pregnant women do not want to get COVID. That's not a good deal. No. And so I think that my coming back, I think, should be delayed until she safely has the child uh, so that I'm not. Uh, and again, I, I fear nothing in the building. My God, it's a ghost town. And and uh, I, I fear right. nothing. You're, uh, you're seriously antisocial in there anyway. You do right. not h- hang out and talk with the rest of us. Well, as I told Well, that's not true, Kenny. And I don't need you to go down that road. <laughs> well, I wasn't. Joe, I wasn't trying to. It, it, no, it's true, and I wasn't trying. I wasn't taking a shot at you. Yeah, we're you are. Playing, you are. We're playing grab ass games, and you're doing work. You're doing. Oh, yeah, that's right. Work. I work. You're, I, I work. You're being yeah. a grown adult, and, right. and we're not. Well, and it's just been an odd couple of months around this building for obvious reasons. But I'll, I'll probably see more people on the light rail platform than I will inside this building on a given day. Chris, yeah. tell us about Surly while we're on it. Okay, so uh, I saw this earlier. I want to give proper credit to the reporter, Matt DeLong, who works for, I believe, the Star Tribune. Yeah, a reporter for the Star Tribune has a story. And I just saw this and had not heard any rumors of this happening. But Surly Brewing Company, uh, the creator of the phrase Destination Beer Hall, is closing its enormous beer hall. The plan is to close indefinitely, and the final day of service will be... November 2nd. I've enjoyed my experience wow. dining there. They pair the food to the beer. I think it's great. It's a wonderful place, and I yeah. like it because it's, what, two and a half blocks from here, three blocks please, from here? Please tell me they're going to keep brewing beer. Yes, that part is they're going to re- keep operations on the production side going, but they just, uh, I forget who was quoted in the story, but basically they said beer hall revenues are down 82% compared with the same period last year. If the beer hall remained open, Surly would lose at least another three quarters of a million dollars over the winter. The drastic change was needed to stabilize the company and ensure the continued operations of our core business brewing. The very high-end butcher in the boar is closing its doors. Yeah. we, We called this months ago. We called this. That this was going to happen. This is freaking Surly, the hipster hangout of Minneapolis. And you and don't the, think that they chose November 2nd, by the way? Oh, I see. Sure, the voting day. Huh? Well, it's the day before. The day election. before voting. Yeah. yeah. The uh, <clears throat> a very strong reality is that for many of the down to closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, what has been tolerated by the salon is a cafe society. Yep. Uh, and that's what's been... Uh, Oh, there's that kid out there that could get eaten by a coyote. Get back in the, get up there. I thought you said that kid was a plumper now. Yeah, but she's pretty tempting. <laughs> so, uh, coyote is not going to eat your grandchild. That one looks like a pork chop. <laughs> oh, I, I could take that home to the family. <laughs> she whiz. So, so the salon, so the salon uh, in its uh, munificence, uh, 
gives the okay to a, a cafe society, and they and they even want to duplicate Europe to the point of where you can get on and off the light rail train and go to your cafe society and sit outside and drink wine and whatever. And and that and that became or has become a strong financial backbone of the of the cities. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And and that's that the combination of lawlessness and uh, the uh, pandemic. They're now beginning, we're really beginning to see them close right and left. They just can't hang on any longer. Then they've done everything to their, and think of the, think of the, uh, think of the jobs that are going to be lost. Oh yeah. I think, what did I read here? How many employees do they have at Surly? Uh, I thought they included it in the story, but apparently they do not. Um, but they have a, they have a ton of people that work over there. And a lot of those people work in the beer hall. So all right. those people are now going to be out of work. Right. How much do you suppose they spent on the renovation oh, of that bleep hole I that can't. they took possession of? I mean, that was a gross, disgusting, big, giant, funky warehouse. Yeah. I have never been to Portland. It's one of the few sizable American cities I have never been to. Oregon, uh, right? Yeah. Portland, yeah. Oregon. And 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 so I don't know what part of downtown Portland has been thoroughly destroyed, but I can imagine that the salon there has also encouraged the craft beer cafe society oh heavens yes for their yeah. uh, for their urban for their urban existence and again i don't know portland uh, so i don't know whether the part of town that's being destroyed has also wiped out much of the cafe society i would think for merely uh, the point of safety even if you wanted to go to a, a place in downtown portland uh, on a block that had yet to be uh, vandalized, you might not. You might be staying away. So I can imagine in Portland, the cafe society is declining. In New York, it's under tremendous loss. Seattle. Uh, Seattle under tremendous loss. And uh, Minneapolis under tremendous loss. St. Paul under tremendous loss. Uh, St. Paul, I, I don't know what to say about that. That's a topic for a different day. Uh, but gee whiz, you, you, uh, you salon people who have no experience in anything except eating, uh, you, you've, uh, you've, you've been on board with this notion that the uh, cafe society is exactly what well, fits your needs, and it's, it's going to be completely wiped out, I'm afraid. And the crowd that continues to bang the drum of it's just a business, I don't, I don't even think that they realize what they're actually saying. I was they alerted to, to this. the employees that lost their jobs. Yeah. I was alerted to this and then vetted it because I thought for sure it had to be a joke. And I'm not necessarily uh, completely familiar nor trustworthy with a website called Town Hall. But that's where I first read it. But then I verified it on NBC News, Fox News, and the Daily Mail. And I'm sure there will be other stories. And the story is... Uh, there is a movement in Washington led by the mayor to uh, eliminate the Washington Monument. No. That's true. Uh, I, again, I thought it was uh, the uh, uh, Babylon Bee or, or the Onion the or onion. whatever. This cannot happen. A D.C. committee convened by Mayor Muriel Bowser has recommended that the Washington Monument, among other federal memorials in the city, should be marked for removal, relocation, or contextualization. Uh, it's also noted in the Washington Post. A committee reporting to D.C. Mayor Muriel E. Bowser recommends renaming dozens of public schools, parks, and government buildings in the nation's capital after studying the historical namesake's connections to slavery and oppression. 
The honorees whom the committee says should not have public works named after them include Presidents Thomas Jefferson, James Monroe, Andrew Jackson, William Henry Harrison, John Tyler, Zachary Taylor, and Woodrow Wilson. Revolutionary leader Benjamin Franklin, inventor Alexander Graham Bell, and national anthem writer Francis Scott Key. We believe strongly that all District of Columbia-owned public spaces, facilities, and commemorative works should only honor those individuals who exemplified those values such as equity, opportunity, and diversity that D.C. residents hold dear. The committee's chairs, Bowser Advisor Beverly Perry and Public Library Director Richard Rius-Gavelin from Diversityville wrote in a letter introducing their report. This is not a parody. This is not a parody. This is uh, this is about the erasure of American history. And and so here's here's something that should occur to everyone. First of all, this won't happen because I would believe that much of the, for example, I got to believe the Jefferson Memorial and the Washington Monument are on federal land, not the actual. Uh, city of D.C. or the Principality of D.C. Mm-hmm. or whatever it's called, the District of D.C. I believe that the federal land would uh, would have to intervene, and these these monuments will remain. Uh, she'll probably win though in getting some sort of plaque put up, telling uh, school kids that Washington was a bad guy. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. If they want to go that far, Nothing really so what yep. really what they really are, and we've discussed this many times. Really, what they're up to is completely reinventing the country. Yep. And therefore, anything uh, that does not meet their postmodernist aims would be abolished if they had their way. If she had her way and her committee had her way, I guess we can conclude that they would tear down the Washington Monument. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so again, but if you're going to go that far, I mean, she's all the way up to Benjamin Franklin and Alexander Graham Bell and Francis Scott Key. Well, you can keep going right up the ladder until they'll have to uh, they'll have to agree on an arbitrary date after which they approve of everything. I don't know what that date would be, but that seems to me to be the logical conclusion of their thinking. Yeah, starting September first, this is no longer. Yeah, allowed. what yeah. what what is the arbitrary date after which you would acknowledge le- the legitimacy? of the names of schools, parks, and statues in the country. And who would they be of? Right. (sighs) Greta Thunberg, let's get one up for her. Yeah, right. You're you're absolutely right, Kenny. That's the kind of thinking they're... And and what they're doing, too, in this is they continue... absurd. Well, of course. It's absurd. I shouldn't have said it. I'm not done. But you're right. Uh, What they're also doing under this is this, again, is a is a uh, not very oblique attack on the founding fathers. Mm -hmm. And that has to be erased in order for them to bring about their postmodernist version of the mystery where uh, the country as we know it uh, does not exist. Uh, Yes. Constitution is next. Right. Right. Uh, The whole thing, every line in there gets struck. We start over. But I thought this cannot be true. But why am I surprised? Why From am I my surprised? brief uh, two minutes of research, they're, they're all on federal property. There are at least yeah. seven of them that you mentioned are. Yeah. But she can go a long way into winning her wish, the mayor, Mur- Muriel Bowser. She can go a long way into achieving her wish of uh, attaching to these various 
uh, symbols of American history, her version of what, what might constitute some sort of admonition for the rest of us. Sure, here's a statue of Thomas Jefferson, but don't forget, we find him disagreeable because of his views. The other thing that, the other thing that surprises me is, let me, let me get back to it, I'm sorry. Uh, just a minute, i got to hit this button here. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, no, we're good. We're gonna good. I'll we're get good. Jim on notice. We're good. Uh, let me go to this in here. Yeah, keep Jim on on the deal there. Kenny, uh, your tweet, by the way, A plus. Thank you, thank you. The mayor does provide. Yes, he does. Yeah. Well, they were talking. Well, I got to find it now. Uh, bear with me. Uh, that isn't what I want, but bear with me. You know what I, we need to start. I, I'm Kenny. about to make another. Uh, sure. I think uh, what we should do point. Is, uh, is start a file, and we'll just simply call it For a Million Dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor Rich. Oh, But, you know, he knows this going in. Oh, he, yeah. He knows going well, in. Well, here's the know. best part, Kenny. I was sitting in here, you know, getting everything set up and ready to go, and they both walked in all timid, Mike and Rich, and they both go, just so you know, Joe's on his way in. <laughs> and I went, we're good. <laughs> uh, did Mike did Mike take off like a bat oh, out of yeah. hell? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I got to go. <laughs> FM's off the air. I got to go. <laughs> did you find it, Joe? I found it. Here we go. Okay. <clears throat> the honorees whom the committee says should not have public works named for them include Presidents Thomas Jefferson, James Monroe, Andrew Jackson, William Henry Harrison, John Tyler, Zachary Taylor, and Woodrow Wilson, Revolutionary Leader Benjamin Franklin, Inventor Alexander Graham Bell. Okay, then, uh, Muriel, put down your damn telephone. Yeah. You have no right to use a telephone. If you believe that the source of that telephone did not meet your postmodernist vision of America, then don't be a hypocrite. Get rid of your telephone. Uh, and National Anthem writer Francis Scotkey. Here's the paragraph I was after. Quote, we believe strongly that all District of Columbia-owned public spaces, facilities, and commemorative works should only honor those individuals who exemplified those values, such as equity, opportunity, and diversity that D.C. residents hold dear. Well, the whole concept of equity and diversity uh, either didn't exist 250 years ago or was not factored into the thinking of the time. Uh, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean these were foul human beings. It means that as America has progressed through the uh, the 18th, 19th, 20th, now into the 21st century, uh, such improvements have been made in these dynamics of inclusiveness and equity and diversity. Otherwise, why would so many people keep trying to get to this country? Yep. Well, it's because they they believe this is where they have the best shot at a life in this world. And and for so what they would wish to do is attach uh, or, or see these people only through the lens of what they think today in the salon. Uh, we've been through this, of course, with Lake Calhoun. We're going to continue to be through it. But uh, uh, again, I thought it was made up. It's not. I, I'm I'm shocked beyond. I shouldn't be shocked. I, it, it's that's it's the, inevitable. Yeah, that's the most surprising thing is that Here's it's not. What? Oh my God! This thing is talking to me. Oh my God! Help me! Oh God! Help me! Hold on! Hold on! Get Jim on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Okay. All right. I got you there. All right. So obviously, I, I, boy, maybe I shouldn't use the word obviously. 
but I'm going to anyway. Obviously, this this isn't going to happen, right? No, no, this is not. It's not going to happen today. But depending how... It it can't happen ever, ever. Well, depending how the world goes, uh, it it could easily easily happen. But you know what? That is the one thing that you can respect about President Trump. This will never happen while he's in office. Would it happen with Biden in office? Is that even worth asking? It's... It, well, it's a hundred percent more likely to happen with Biden in office than it is with Trump in office. I mean, that's but I, 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 I think I think it would give Biden pause. Of course, I don't think he would rush to right. take down the the national monuments. It took years to build the Washington Monument. They mm-hmm. stopped halfway through because they ran out of money. Mm-hmm. Oh well, we need to wipe the White House out too. Mm-hmm. Oh. Wow. But that, Meanwhile, you know, that old bag, the leader of the salon, is opening closed salons so she can get personal attention. Because the, we Americans, working, 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 raising families, paying the bills, uh, we just haven't been paying close enough attention to what has been happening as the political class has engineered for themselves a life and lifestyle that we can't imagine. I'm not necessarily even talking financially. I'm talking culturally, uh, rules and regulations, uh, ideologically. Uh, you don't have to go any farther than the salon in either St. Paul or Minneapolis. You know, the, the, the councilman the other night who was seen at his campfire while Minneapolis was getting destroyed. Right. It's just, it's just they're, they're not with us. They are not representative of us. They're representative of their own club. And, and Nancy Pelosi, uh, who has spent her the last six months admonishing us uh, to wear masks and ridiculing uh, Trump because he wouldn't wear one, uh, who's 80 years old and presumably would be in a danger area for contracting this virus at her age, uh, although I believe she's in good health, she orders a salon to open up for her and she doesn't wear a mask. Well, that's that's an example of these people have no identity with us. Nope. These people have no identity with those whom they govern. And it goes back to a saying we've been using for since 2016. This is why Trump got elected. And the people, uh, the, the country is so divided now and so partisan that no one uh, in her party will bother to admonish Pelosi for this, even though they did it for Pent. Although I'm doing the what aboutism, we are doing the what aboutism. We can't play that game, but but that's the game being played in the country. Thank you. That's yeah. Thank you. But they would. Seventy-five years ago today, the most horrific war of the 20th century came to an end when Japan finally surrendered to the Allied forces. The surrender of Germany months earlier was monumental, but the war was not over until Japan surrendered. On September 2, 1945, the Japanese surrendered to General Douglas MacArthur aboard the USS Missouri in Tokyo Bay. We have celebrated many great living Americans over the years, but today we remember the 407,000 American servicemen who never returned from World War II. Worldwide, 75 million people died during World War II. Of those, 40 million were civilians. And many of those guys, many of those young guys, you know, off at 19, 20, 21, many returned, many did not. uh, They would have to be rolling over in their tombs 
to see what we what we're discussing today. Yeah. To, to just today, what we're discussing, the removal or the contextualization of the Washington Monument. Really, really. I told you I was driving my uh, Fiat today. Thank God I had a car. This is one of those examples of the day that I knew was coming that I'm going to need a car for quick, reliable urban transportation, and I got it. I got that baby at Schmelz Countryside Volkswagen, Alfa Romeo, and Fiat in Maplewood on the southeast quadrant of Highway 36 and 61. I got a Fiat 500X uh, in its class. It's one of the very few that has all-wheel drive, and that was important to me. Despite my infrequent driving needs, if you live in this state, you got to be ready for winter, no matter what winter throws at you. And now I feel confident that I have been. Great deals on all Volkswagens in stock, all 2019 and 2020 Volkswagens, including the Atlas Cross Sport. You can get for 0% interest for 72 months with 120-day permit deferral for Volkswagen vehicles. 0% interest for up to 60 months on certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to the individual websites, SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzAlfaRomeo.com, and SchmelzFiat.com. Pick out what you're most interested in test driving. Call ahead. They'll have it for you. It's a great way. It's a, it's really might be the new way of automobile uh, sales in this, in, this, in this nation following this virus. 651 651- Two four three four three one six Schmelz Countryside in Maplewood. Whether you're looking for build-ready land for a large distribution center or a needed expansion of your operation, Sioux Falls is open for business. I'm Dean Diesick from the Sioux Falls Development Foundation. Pay a visit to SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. No matter what size your project is, you'll find that Sioux Falls has just what business owners want and need. We have build-ready land and available affordable space, and in Sioux Falls, you'll find talented people ready to go to work for you. In Sioux Falls, you pay no corporate or personal state income tax, see a significantly lower cost of doing business, and your business won't be tied up, locked down, or hung up in red tape. Sioux Falls is currently working with international companies and regional expansions on great locations with logistical connections to air, rail, and two interstate highways. Join them, expand, or relocate your company to Sioux Falls and discover relief from excessive restrictions and costs. It all starts with a visit to SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. Sioux Falls is open for business. Printers work and rock. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. You know, Mr. Mayor, you were pretty agitated this morning with your technical issues and you came over here, but you were, I bet, comfortable in those chill boys, weren't you? Absolutely. <laughs> Chillboys.com. Go online and see their entire catalog of both boxers, t-shirts, sunglasses, so much more. They are the most comfortable underwear you will ever own. They call it comfort where it counts, by the way. Fast and free orders, over $40 ship all throughout the country. Go online, make your selection, and also check out their Twitter account, at Chill Boys Brand, also on Twitter. They're uh, a local Minnesota company. They're very proud to be uh, represented by Garage Logic, and they wanted me to personally thank each and every single one of you GLers that's made your order. Please let them know that you heard about it, by the way, right here on the Garage Logic Podcast. Bra. I want to catch up to some emails that that uh, I, I meant to get to. 
Uh, this is from uh, Michael Melling. Joe, you have recently been discussing the left's attack on the very notion of authority. As I travel down the service road of life, I believe it is even more fundamental than that. The battle is over something much more basic, right and wrong. The traditional authorities of police, pastor, priest, teacher, or politician need to be destroyed or redefined because they have long been the arbiter of right and wrong. The police can only function under a basic premise of right and wrong and are called on to deal with so much of what is wrong in our cities. They simply stop the wrong and promote the right. However, if our elected officials have ceased to believe in right and wrong, then a police force is unnecessary at best and oppressive at worst. If your business is vandalized, a team of counselors and social workers Workers will come to help everyone feel better about the neutral choices that were made. You may have to live without those windows, quality coaches, but we will all also ask the rioter to live without those rocks he threw. Fair? A few weeks, a few weeks ago, we heard the story of, story of, and I wrote to you about, our special justice mathematician and her belief on the divisiveness of math. Why math? Because it is inherently right or wrong. Two plus two equals five isn't kind of right. It's flat out wrong. If the battle is to eliminate any semblance of right and wrong, then I suppose it is ultimately a battle against an authority, but it's not the authority of any group or person. I would suggest it's a battle over the very authority of a supreme being, a creator, God. Think of the utter loss of moral and ethical clarity pushing back from the heart of liberal lakes, Michael. Well, it's exactly what we learned yesterday when our friend Dave Bliss wrote to us uh, on his belief that what, what we're seeing is a meist philosophy that I'll determine what offends me because I'm, I'm the great me. And uh, I don't need authority because I'm me. I'll determine what constitutes authority. And I think we're seeing that, we're seeing that more and more. I also have a... Uh, but, but part of that theory, Joe, isn't it, um, it, it offends me and I don't care if it offends you and I'm not going to try to shove my... Uh, my, my uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Ideology? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, on you. Mm-hmm. No, that's part they, of it, they, no, 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 no. They would shove my, I'm oh, going okay. to shove my ideology on you because okay. I'm right and you're not. Because right. I'm a meist. Because I'm offended, so should you be. Uh, Vic and Egan has a ruling request. Uh, he, re, he writes, recently Kenny and I were in a discussion over tools. Does a garage logician go buy or borrow a tool if he doesn't have one? What rule, if any, would this fall under? I know I personally prefer just to buy tools instead of borrowing. I do have the answer to this. It's come up before. Uh, As my great friend Rex once said, projects are how you get tools. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Uh, I'm not a borrower. I can imagine (laughs) borrowing some exotic tool for an absolutely one-time application. But yeah. generally speaking, tools right. uh, tools should be purchased, uh, and projects are how you get tools. So, uh, Vic, it, I'm a purchaser. Yeah. And so is Vic. And, and yeah. he kindly, he, he got a hold of me, and he said, you should have asked. I could have borrowed you a brad nailer. And I have a sticker on one of my toolboxes that Borrow says, you? you mean lend? Borrowing tools is for the weak. <laughs> and I sent that to Vic. I need a hatchet. I need yeah. a hatchet. He's the, yeah, Patch the greatest borrower of all. <laughs> I got to get a hatchet. <laughs> well, what rookie went what for? The... I got to cut a board. Right? What? Wait, what? What? All right, Reavers, be prepared to answer this. Hail the flashlight king. Hail, Hail you. you. 
Joe, what is wrong with you morons? Is this the ultimate podcast tease? When discussing the potential to get guests like Victor Davis Hansen on the show, Kenny said, you need to throw our numbers out there, our mm-hmm. numbers of downloads, and then in the same breath mentions how that number has been really strong in the last three months. Finally, he implored you to get that number out there, and then you didn't bother getting that number out there. I don't think I'm out on a sequoia-like limb in saying that nearly any every one of your downloaders is dying to know what indeed is that number you once famously told jason lewis that you were leaving him with a 10 share (laughs) so how could you possibly go through that discussion (laughs) and not bother to tell us your loyal glers the size of the gl podcast nation because it's not in my nature to uh to speak of our is that the tornado warning yeah it's it's one o'clock on a wednesday Uh, it's not in my nature just a minute kenny it's not in my nature uh, to uh, talk about good fortune. It's it's unbecoming. But what the hell? Uh, <laughs> You're having I a erased, day. <laughs> I erased that email this morning, Chris. Do you have it from that guy, uh, that gal that uh, gave yep, you the number yep. last Beth, week? Is our, Beth is our gal. Uh, boy, and I've got about 100,000 emails from her in here. All I'm right, so here, here's, how it, here's how it works out. Here you go, GL Nation. Uh, there are two metrics you in play here when you're uh, gauging the uh, success of a podcast. One of them is called IABs, which is basically individual devices that uh, count. So if someone's listening to us on their phone, that's an individual device. If another guy or gal is listening to us on a computer, that's an individual device. So that's how they view it as one person uh, listening to GL. And in the month of June, we were just shy of 830,000 individual devices, which is an incredible number for a podcast. Um, and I believe we were down slightly uh, the, it, for the month of July, which was, was like 745, right. I believe, 745,000. Like yeah. uh, but yeah. June, those June numbers, I mean, keep in mind, that's when we're in the midst of not only the pandemic, but George Floyd and this, the, the city of Minneapolis was burning to the ground. So... We were a central focal point of the entire country. Well, if it's not if, if it's not unbecoming, I, I would even tell you more about this from an intramural viewpoint. Uh, now, are we allowed to talk about ratings now on a podcast? Yeah, we are. Okay, sure. here here's what happened to us, and here's what wait, happened. Wait, 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 Joe. Why are you hesitant, Chris? Do you know something we don't? No, no. Okay, I, I just right, I've ahead. always subscribed to the Joe Sushri school of broadcasting with this oh okay That's well what, what i'm what i'm about to say uh, uh, reveals no proprietary secrets i was about to explore uh what happened to many uh, shows that were on am radio over the last couple of years oh there you go yep as am radio uh, continued to decline because you have younger generations that get all their news off their phone their bluetooth they have their own music and what happened in uh, what happened in the ratings mechanism in in the United States uh, ten years ago or more, uh, it, the uh, the methodology went from a paper uh, diary yep. that was filled out by people. Uh, at the end of the week, people would uh, whoever was uh, whoever uh, had uh, whoever Nielsen sent the pieces of paper to to say mail this back uh, every Monday with what you listened to. Uh, and they got what ten bucks or something, whatever, however it worked, and and uh, 
they change that dynamic to uh, the same number of people in any given country, the close, any given city, the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings. The ratings change to people wearing what amounted to a beeper-like device mm-hmm. on their belt. And that beeper was uh, uh, engineered to capture every exposure uh, of a radio station that that person might have experienced during the day. Correct. Well, name me the last time you went in any place in this country where talk radio was on the air. So talk right. radio so was never getting captured. It's and, like and, rock and the like, you know. Yeah, so, so what we always thought is, man, these ratings are really not revealing of the anecdotal evidence that we all had yeah. of the fact that GL was a popular show. And it's only anecdotal. And you can't sell anecdotal. So we abided by the, the, the nature of the industry, which is what we weren't making the company any money on radio because the ratings weren't there. Is that a fair enough statement? Sure. Right. Okay. Then we went to the podcast. Let me, let me uh, follow up something that you said, though, to, to kind of give a clear picture. So the other thing that um, made ratings for AM radio somewhat misleading is the fact that the boom of online listening, because mm-hmm. for Garage Logic. We had a ton of people that were streaming the show that might not have been able to to get fifteen hundred as a signal in their car, wherever they were driving to, what have you, at their place of business. So, okay, so, sorry, continue. Well, I, I want to conclude this. I don't want this to sound like uh, right. blowing our own horn. I want to conclude this with the with the introduction of the podcast, despite its rocky start. Uh, <laughs> what we what we were able to corroborate is that. Our notion of that anecdotal popularity was, in fact, not anecdotal. It was true. Mm-hmm. And, but, and, and it was captured now in a means that could not possibly have been captured on these outdated rating devices. Well, as long as you got me long-winded about this, I'll give you an aside. Why in God's name didn't the Ford Motor Company or Coca-Cola or uh, Sherman, Sherman Williams Painter, name any big outfit in the country that spent millions and millions and millions of dollars a year on radio advertising, only to be told by the ratings, uh, I think it was Nielsen, right? Yep. Only to be told that we don't think this works, so we're changing it to this beeper device. Wait a minute, says the Ford Motor Company. I just spent $25 million on radio in 1999, and now you're telling me that that was inaccurate? (laughs) It never worked. In any event, event, and and God bless GLers, what we've been able to to conclude is that that our notion of – our anecdotal belief that people were listening far more than the ratings would ever reveal uh, came true, and we're the luckier for it, and I appreciate it, and, uh, and yeah, we're doing pretty in, well. We've learned it in two ways, Joe. We've learned it from the raw numbers, uh, and we've also learned it from our sponsors. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, poor Spence has to... He, Spence <laughs> hates us, because <laughs> now he's making so much... Spence is making so much. He doesn't hate money, us. He doesn't know what to do with it. I, yeah. I mean, he's burying it in holes and he's sending it overseas <laughs> and he's expanding his business. 
and the guys up in uh, White Bear, uh, they're, they, they have to hire staff just to answer the phone because people across the country now are ordering these yeah. e-bikes. Mike mm-hmm. Schoonover, very happy. GLers are coming in from Duluth to get their car fixed. Uh, AimHighConstructionMN.com. His schedule is full. I mean, he's busy now helping GLers, and it's wonderful what this show and the GLers have done. Well, you can get me going about that, too. Oh, and let's tell the truth about your car company. We were kind of skeptical. We're we're confident in our ability. What, no? Schmelz. What about them? We were, we were, we were worried that we weren't going to be able to help them out. Well, because it, what's what is your line off the air? Affordable luxuries. We we've had worried. we've had we've had great relationships with clients who provide affordable luxuries. Yes, and we were worried that a car, of course, is is not a, a, a neither a luxury nor necessarily affordable the way a bratwurst is. But right. nevertheless, cars are needed, and yeah. and it's 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 working to the. It, it, they're happy. Let's put it this yeah. way. They're happy. Yeah. They're happy. And it's all because of GLers. It's yep. just, it's unbelievable. But it the really whole relationship. the job fun. The whole relationship between a podcast and the podcast listeners is 100% different than the relationship between a radio show and the radio no, listeners. No question. No and can that, you imagine a radio show where you hear the stupid siren on the first Wednesday, or right. you hear airplanes going over, or you hear you worried about your grandchild in the backyard being yeah. taken away yeah. by a coyote? <laughs> that that wouldn't play on the radio. All right, that's enough of that. Hold to on. answer, uh, to answer, uh, who who wrote that uh, email? Uh, Craig Johnson, I hope that answers your question. So hold on, I got to do the official close of blowing our own horn. All right, we're good. Greetings, Mayor and the City Council of Garage Logic. A quick note on the Duluth officer using the term wolves to describe the men he and his co-workers chased and apprehended. Joe, you were correct on the statement about the use of wolves in the deep, dark night. This was a primal fear of humans for eons. Here is an excerpt from Lieutenant Colonel David Grossman from his book, Killology. It's a long, uh, it's a way too long to read, but I've given you the cliff note version. Sheep. Most of the people in our society are sheep. They are kind, gentle, productive creatures who can only hurt one another by accident. I mean nothing negative by calling them sheep. To me, it is like the pretty blue robin's egg. Inside, it is soft and gooey, but someday it will grow into something wonderful, but the egg cannot survive without its hard blue shell. Wolves. Then there are wolves. The wolves feed on the sheep without mercy. Do you believe there are wolves out there who will feed on the flock without mercy? You better believe it. There are evil men in this world, and they are capable of evil deeds. The moment you forget that or pretend it is not so, you become a sheep. There is no safety in denial. Sheep dogs. Then there are sheep dogs. They live to protect the flock and confront the wolf. If you have no capacity for violence, then you are a healthy, productive citizen, a sheep. If you have a capacity for violence and no empathy for your fellow citizens, then you have defined an aggressive sociopath, a wolf. But what if you have a capacity for violence and a deep love for your fellow citizens? Then you are sheep dog. My point is, and his point is, uh, without knowing these wonderful quotes, 
uh, this is from Keith Olson in Terry, Montana. Without knowing these quotes, uh, that's exactly what I thought Wolves meant. I, there's not a chance in hell that the police officer in Duluth was referring to any specific race or gender as a wolf. There are sheep, and there are wolves, and there are sheep dogs, and the cops are the sheep dogs. Yeah, I'm surprised the complainer didn't know that. Once again, ignorance shining through very brightly. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Keith. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, and now uh, our final note from uh, Phil from Champlin, Phil Wadsworth, and the uh, the two rulings he required on the FFLF, which is called the Female Fun Limitation Factor, because Phil uh, Phil's wife wants to join the uh, the ritual of cutting the grass. And he wondered if he was getting FFLF, and then we said we needed more information, and we got that from him. And I determined in a ruling, which is official because it occurred in the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, <laughs> that no, an FFLF is a quick strike. It's a quick strike. Uh, her desire to cut the grass has been playing out over months, and they've talked about it. There is no category for that. So he writes, Hail the Flashlight King. Hail you. you. Although I'm disappointed with the verdict, as I selfishly wish to use the FFLF excuse as a means to solely manage the mowing myself, you better believe I respect an official ruling from our tough but fair mayor. As my wife and I listened to the verdict together on yesterday's podcast with a grin from ear to ear upon her face, her response was as follows. Welp. Looks like I'm mowing the lawn next time. You just tell me when it needs to be done. Now, I think that's a bad sign, honey. If you want to cut the grass, you better know, sure as hell know when it needs to be cut. Thank you for enlightening me and the listeners yesterday on the intricacies of FFLF. There is more to it than meets the eye. It's almost as I learned more here by accident than elsewhere by design with peace and resolution. Phil from Champlin. Well, I'm glad we could bring some harmony to his household. Some I've, harmony to his household. Here in my house, I, I, the roommate has said to me, if you'll start it for me, I'll mow it. Right. Uh, to which I always say, ah, it's, it's really, it's hard to start. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to figure out. Yeah. You, you really got to know the machine to start. You got to just leave it alone. You just got to yeah, leave yeah. it alone. It's just, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, and also this note. With all the craziness going on, vehicles are a great distraction. I've got an old high school buddy who runs in Hemmings' great race every year. His stable holds 40-plus cars, trucks, fire engines, RVs, and motorcycles. He's even got a 1961 Audi Auto Union converted to battery power. I heard last weekend he's involved in choosing the 2022 route through Ottertail County, where his summer home is located. I'll keep you posted, as I don't doubt a ton of GLers would love to see the auto parade come through Minnesota. I think the first year he drove his 1930 Rolls Woody Wagon, but since then has run all races in an open cockpit. Here's the link to his interview showing three from his collection that he's driven in past races when you get a little spare time. And he sent me a photo of the uh, of a 1926 Packard that this fellow has in his. No, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, this is a, T, a TR3 he sent. But here's what, here's what lights me up about that email. Are you guys aware of the Hemings Great Race? No. I am, just because I, I think I've, this is the gentleman I've talked to via email. The uh, name for Hemings Motor News, uh, which I've been getting uh, for 45 years. Got a new one yesterday. It's the Bible of the old car world, even though bring a trailer and eBay and Craigslist to put a big dent 
in their in their advertising uh, wealth, they still are. They're hanging in there. They're a great magazine, and it's still. I started because that was the place where you'd look to buy a Model A Ford. Okay, before I get too far off off topic, the Hemmings Great Race is a race uh, featuring vehicles that have to be before a certain age, and they pick different routes. If this guy's telling me there's a great race that I could enter, and I've got a car that would would meet the qualifications to go through Minnesota, I'm going to sign up for it. I I couldn't wait. I just don't know the age requirements. I don't know if you're old enough. I don't think so. I mean, the vehicle you have is old enough. Well, the oldest car I have is 45 years old that would be eligible, that I would want to do the race in. That car is 45 years old. That's a triumph. The MG is uh, 40 years old. I don't think those might meet the qualifications. But depending on the route... And, and how cool it might be, you know, a guy could always get something to take on the race. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, huh? oh, do it. Yeah. Do yeah. it. Yeah. We were mentioning Grunhofer's previously. Uh, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meets at Hugo. I think Spencer was uh, the first to join us in our podcast adventure. Uh, very early on in the fall of 2018, in September of 2018, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meets came on board, and it has been a wonderful, wonderful gathering place for GLers who have found it to be the meat capital of the world for brats and steaks and burgers, uh, sliders, meatloaf, thick-cut bacon, ham, you name it. It's all available from a professional meat cutter named Spencer Grunhofer who has Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. It's on Highway 61 right at the north end of town, just immediately uh, east of the highway. You don't have to take it. I mean, it's on the highway on the east side of 61, and uh, you will enjoy your experience there. Spencer's adding on 2,500 additional square feet to make more of the delicious stuff that GLers like to grill, and they grill all year long. You can cook it indoors, too, of course. But make no mistake, if you want the best, it's Spencer uh, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. It's campaigns. Okay, that didn't work too well, did it? Take two, let's, uh, take two on that one. Okay, Patrick let's take it. This is, We're doing this not only for the listeners to Garage Logic, but for Correct. posterity, right? Correct. Right. It's campaign season, and here come the negative ads. The biggest negative ad is the one coming from your insurance company. Talk about negative. Captive insurance agencies increase your premium every six months. The Canopy Group is an independent insurance agency. We only offer 12-month policies, not six-month policies that can increase premiums twice a year. At the Canopy Group, we promise to give clients the best coverage for the best price year after year. Our annual review guarantees it. We have 16 companies and 30 professionals. So as your needs change, we'll make sure to conduct a thorough review of your home and auto insurance with all 16 companies. We'll do the shopping for you. When you receive that next insurance premium in the mail, remember you deserve options. Vote for the Canopy Group. To vote for the Canopy Group and to get a quote on your home and auto insurance, call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. Truth, Justice, and the Souteray. Another new one? Yep. Courtesy Dylan Hyde. Yes, sir. So, fellas, the uh, 
the roommate, she's been saying, call Chris Miller. He can help. And I'm going, nah, he can't help. He's got bigger things to do. We're going to leave him alone. That conversation, it plays out a number of times this week. And I'm looking for the right size electric range for the right price for our recently remodeled kitchen, courtesy of Aim High Construction, MN.com. And then lo and behold, yesterday afternoon, I get a text from Chris saying, by the way, oh, yeah, and by the way, Chris, super busy right now. But Chris goes, by the way, I looked up a 24-inch stainless electric range and uh, can have one delivered in a week and a half. <laughs> the old soul man in the garage yesterday goes, yeehaw! It's just another item crossed off the list thanks to Aim High Construction, MN.com. Chris, Keith, the Aim High gang, they're going to do everything they possibly can to help you and get your projects done. But please be aware, COVID, quarantine, all of it has had serious effects on production and supply chains. And UGLers, you've really filled out his calendar. Uh, but it's you know what? It's better to be put on the list than it is to have some job done half-assed by some hooplehead that doesn't know the claw from the peen. you got to go with the best. And as a first-hand witness, I can definitely, with confidence, tell you the very best. If you need a remodel or an upgrade, it's aimhighconstructionmn.com. You recall yesterday I said the street gangs in Chicago apparently come to some agreement, however, allegedly. Uh, That's 36 gangs. Wow! And as I said, if you can get the heads of 36 gangs to come together, why don't you come together for some peace? Holy cow. Why don't you come together and and agree to stop shooting each other and hurting young kids? Because the behavior in Chicago is beyond the pale. And it's endless. It's just a cycle of endless violence. Joe, you mentioned that you don't think our local papers are promoting a narrative in their reporting. I think sometimes you give your local journalists too much credit. Kendall Qualls is a prime example. Our local newspapers are doing everything in their power to ignore his race against Dean Phillips. You think during these times you would at least be asked for a quote, yet since he doesn't fit the narrative, the papers would like everyone to believe he's ignored. Good luck, uh, Corey. Boy, there hasn't been much about Kendall Qualls in the paper, has there? Do you think it's because he's not running in the actual city? Does that have no, something to no, do with it? No, 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 no. Okay, no. all right. He's a Republican. That's yeah. what it has to do with it. Yeah, you're right. Joe, my buddy and I were replacing a storm door on my house this weekend. At one point, it became obvious that some shimming would be needed. So off to the garage to see if we could MacGyver something by tapping the garage wood inventory. Lo and behold, I had a long piece of beautiful white trim, the perfect thickness for what we needed. We both looked at each other and said, garage wood. The only question is, the trim wasn't technically wood. It was more plastic. Would this still qualify as garage wood? I hope so, but wanted you to formally opine. I hope it does, as the spirit of the transaction seems to align with the intent. Uh, Let me know. Either way, we had a couple of cocktails upon completion of the project. Thanks, Pat. No, I cannot give my imprimatur to a piece of plastic as garage wood. That cannot stand. That cannot stand. You will die on that hill. Yes, yes, I will. Yes, I will. Isn't your deal with garage wood anything from a, a I don't know, a one by one all the way up to a, a an eight by eight, sure. and just a chunk, and and something that just you use it temporarily, or maybe it does find a permanent home holding something up, right? Exactly. And what he what he had there was scrap, right? That's scrap plastic stuff. Yeah, sorry, stuff you pal. Don't, but but it's good to save. I mean, yeah. I've got I've got 
tons of that junk, and eventually you end up using it. Hey, My favorite line in Garage Wood was an emailer said that it was either his father or his grandfather had boxes of wood marked too small to throw away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we want to go down this rabbit hole, but Kyle took the time, so hail the flashlight king. Hail you. you. First, an observation. I normally listen to the pod every day the way it is meant to be consumed. This past week, I was working with much more. I was working much more than normal and listened to the entire week on Saturday as I occupied the garage and shop doing garage logic things. On the positive, I did not have to wait for the GL reaction to your interview with a Republican candidate, which would have been. Uh, torture to sit on for 24 hours. On the negative, there are not 24 hours for me to forget about all the moronic and ill-informed statements <laughs> made by the Larrys from one show to the next. They tend to pile up, forcing me to question my judgment uh, in podcast selection. Eight hours of nonstop GL, proceed with caution. <laughs> Second, I would like to present some math. Excuse me, I just experienced a Roycey-like gas attack. Then again. The cylinder index was a topic last week, and the CI is a staple of my world. Excuse me. I got the Roycey-like Roycey -like thing going here. Hold on. Often it... <laughs> no, they're going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. Funny if you pass a little gas at the no, same time. No, I don't do that. Often a topic of discussion in my garage circles, and I am keenly aware of the effect each transaction will have on mine. While it is an index theory, my concern is that it is not an index mathematically. Stay with me. Oh, boy. A true GLer needs to know if they are falling behind or leaving other residents in the dust. So let's get to an actual number we can pair regardless of age. I have modified the Boley Index to create a formula specific to our needs, say an official cylinder index, and I have included my personal numbers to assist your understanding. Step one, add your age to your cylinders. All right. This guy's 45. He's got 49 cylinders. He came up with 94. Step two, divide that number in half or multiply by 0.5, whichever you prefer. I don't know why, because this is math. He comes up with 47. Step three, divide that number by your age, 1.044. We could stop there, and that would be your index, but this is GL, and we like big numbers, so go ahead and multiply by 100, 104.4. Regardless of age or number of cylinders, now we all have a number that is a direct comparison, and a result of 100 we, that would be the tipping point of being ahead or behind your age and also the number where you feel pride or shame. My CI is 104.4, but if I were 26 and had the same number of cylinders, my CI would be 288.5. That, my faithful mayor, would be something to brag about. One half age plus cylinders divided by age times 100 equals the cylinder index. Uh, Kyle from Iowa. Kyle, listen to this. Listen to this, Kyle. Listen to this. What the hell are you trying to do to me? What are you trying to do to me? That, I'm your that mayor hurt. and you do that to me? I started sweating. That hurt my brain. Oh. What? He's trying. Is he trying to come up with something the equivalent of like a golf or a bowling handicap? Oh, Almost. Cool. I think what he's trying to. I think he's what he's uh, uh, trying to reconcile is we've always said uh, casually that uh, your your cylinder index number should be at or above your age, and right. he's finding that uh, a fairer way to do that would be his mathematical formula, which I cannot repeat to you because I violently tore it up. <laughs> 
he had to know that was coming. Oh. I bet he snickered the whole time he wrote that. Yeah. Oh. oh, I love a good troll. That was awesome. Yeah, he did it, boy. I'll tell you that. Uh, how to prevent mega fires? Uh, if I'm a little hesitant today, uh, GLers, it's because uh, I was gone all morning so, uh, trying to get the computer fixed. The Star Can we Tribune, talk about really quick, Kenny. The Star Tribune has posted an update on the Surly story that I read earlier because some were calling into question the timing of the closure based on the fact that some of their lower level employees had filed to start a union. And the update reads as follows. Surly owner Omar Ansari said that COVID restrictions had made the beer hall unprofitable and the closing was being planned long before employees said that they would work to form a union. Okay. We were to uh, have touched base today with Eric Mishy, who's spinning counterclockwise down the Mississippi River on a home-built ding-ding pontoon uh, craft. Right. And now we're worried, and I'm not being facetious. Because uh, so we I, haven't heard from him. I, and we, we were planning on talking to him right at noon, but given the fact that we had some <clears throat> technical issues um, this morning, we, we didn't start when our normal time would have. Mm-hmm. And so I spoke to Eric at that time on the phone and explained the situation. Of course, he completely understood that we were having technical issues. And he said, well, just call me. I'm just floating, and I can't get a hold of him. And I'm, I'm getting a little concerned. He's not floating. He's spinning counterclockwise in whirlpools. <laughs> well, there's that, yes. And he's raising money for uh, Spare Key, which is a uh, charitable organization that provides money to families in need of uh, medical expense help. Yes. And he's doing a yeoman service. He founded Spare Key. And as I said yesterday, he can't hold any events, so he's bringing an event to us by this stunt. I don't think it's uncharitable to call it a stunt. In fact, it, it it is quite a stunt because I don't think there's a nautical bone in that guy's body based on what I've heard. Yeah. Uh, he's looking at the pontoon. I mean, right. he built a big, like, weird shelter on it and kind of makes it tough to get from the front to the back. Well, plus, when he has to use the motor, how's he supposed to see? Yeah. He's got this ding-ding shed in front of him. God Almighty, Eric! I, I'm really, I, I'm worried about him. Well, so I mean, am I. The old man River he ain't nothing to mess with. Should Since I? Before you, before you, are you done with this? Because I, I really want to tell you something. Yeah. It's been uh, killing me since last night. Last night, at 7 p.m., WGN, the local Chicago ch- uh, channel, that's on all of the cable and uh, satellite networks, they launched something they call News Nation. And they're trying to take on CNN and Fox and MSNBC and whatnot. And their deal is it's news without a slant. They're not giving you their opinions. The anchors aren't telling us how to feel about it. They're just giving us both sides of everyday news. And I watched it last night from 7 p.m. until 9 p.m. And boy, I have to say, I love it. It was just nothing but straight news. If there was a story um, that featured a political a political slant, they gave us both sides. They gave us quotes uh, from the Democrats, quotes from the Republicans, and it was absolutely wonderful. We're left to make up our own minds about how we feel about the day's events, and I'd like to encourage you cool. to watch it tonight if you can. It's on WGN. I'm making a note right now. I'm going to check it out. 
And you have news for us, I have uh, a breaking news item, Joe, and an update to a story that you began today's Garage Logic podcast with. Are you ready, gentlemen? Yep. Yep. Officials announced today that Los Angeles County is updating its health order to allow hair salons and barbershops to resume indoor operations with capacity limited to 25%. Really? Uh, officials announced it's updating. <laughs> Los Angeles County Supervisor Janice Hahn said the, con- the county will consider possibly increasing capacity after Labor Day. I- I'm wondering what might have changed their mind on just a random day like Wednesday in the I wonder. early part of September. I, I These really do wonder. bleeping frauds. Oh, my word. Yeah, they're basically forgiving her, aren't they? Yes. Mm-hmm. That is truly something, isn't it? <laughs> We have another double secret emergency here. Oh, good. We haven't had enough. Today. I, I lost another. I lost another uh, password uh, <laughs> to get me into the ADP. Oh my God, help me! Hey, uh, Jim! Jim, get uh, in here. Uh, ADP is extra frustrating. Oh my God, where could that be? Oh my word! I, I can't take much more of this technical life. I really can't. I, I uh, I've got a folder here that's got about seven hundred passwords in it, and I don't know which one is for which. I got to clean this up. Where in the hell? Oh, this oh come it. on, man! Oh man! What in the world? Oh Here's a tweet. man! Here's a tweet that was sent uh, at twelve twenty-three p.m. The outstanding Rich Miller, the best IT guy I've ever met, and one of the guys that keeps HBI up and running, who is also a huge GLer, fixed Joe's laptop this morning, to which Joe replied, Thanks, Jim, and walked away. (laughs) Jim knows. I've talked to Jim. Rich knows. I've talked to him a hundred times. Jeez. I don't know why you keep trying to make me look that bad. You know, Joe, I I know how you get rattled. You know, you've had a number of technical issues today, and I'm here to try to help you out. So what I've decided to do was call on a friend to try to help ease your agitation. Um, Could you try to help assist the mayor, friend, and and, uh, and all of his technical issues that he's been having today during the Garage Logic podcast? What happened? (laughs) Well, I, I... I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. What? I'm really sorry. That you're, s- happened. you're sorry? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of sounds like Marjorie. What? I got it squared <laughs> away. Uh, I got it squared away. Uh, it was a password problem, but it's all been taken care of. Hang on a minute, okay? Okay. 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 Yep. All right. Uh, hello. <laughs> hello? Governor? This is Joe. Yes. Uh, I'm off the grid right now, so I can't talk really long. <laughs> this solar cell phone doesn't last very long. Yeah. When are you going to join the, us? I'm, for... off, I'm off the grid. When are you going to join us for an interview? I don't know if I can. I think you I'm can. Not in good standing. I'm not uh, in good standing with the United States of America. Yeah, but you are with us, so we'd be glad to talk to you. We'd be happy to. Do what now? Uh, call in for a real interview. I am. 
No. No. Very short interview because I'm still in control. I know you are. I ain't no Will, I ain't no Will Sasso, but I'm trying. Governor, where are you off the grid at? Are you down in the Baja? Or are you uh, up in uh, Matamidi? No, I'm just here in Minnesota. I just meant I had a little grid in my backyard, and I'm I'm off. Of, I'm not standing on that grid anymore. I'm off. <laughs> All right. I was playing four square. Yeah. That's Thank- you take four squares and you right. bounce a ball. Right. You can do footsies. You can do uh, all sorts of different stuff. So, Gov- Governor. Yeah. Governor. Uh, thank you very much. Really quick, really for, quick. For, what, uh, for my service? Yeah. Yes. For my service to Minnesota? Yes, so, when you fought yeah, all those things. Rook, Kenny and I are going to start a file, and we need your help, and we're just going to simply what? call the file for a million dollars. So earlier today, Joe was having some computer problems, and uh, he came in to have those problems uh, erased by our steadfast IT department. Kenny, take it away with the tweet, please. Uh, well, just tell him what happened. So Rich Miller, you know, one of the smartest guys sure. in the building, great, yeah. die-hard Garage Logic fan, spent waited. probably half he, an hour for him. He waited for Joe to show up. Yep. Works okay. on the computer, gets Joe all squared away. Joe looks at him and says, "Thanks for the help, Rit or Jim." Yeah. <laughs> You're lucky he didn't shoot you. For a million dollars. For a million bucks. Yeah. Who is that guy? Yeah. Hey, how's your scooter well, running? Uh, it's beautiful. Have you ever taken it to EcoFun? You're trying to get I, I out of not, this suit. Uh, You're trying to I segue into a spot. We're not done with oh, you, sir. I am done. This, I, this I a, am. I already talked, this I, remi- I talked with Eco. Those guys are going to uh, they're going to give it a, a good tune-up. It hasn't had a tune-up in a while, so when the season is over, they're going to take it, and they're going to tune it up, and uh, it'll be probably running even better, but it's good right now. That's EcoFun okay. Motorsports in Forest Lake, Bintelli e-bikes, Yamaha motorcycles, youth recreational equipment, a full line of uh, gas scooters that are, turn every errand into an adventure, get about 70, 75 miles to the gallon, nimble, great urban transportation, helmets, apparel, service. And that service you're talking about, Rook, is that Tim sends a truck through town when it's needed. Yep. He'll pick up what you uh, require service on, take it back to Forest Lake, fix it for you, and return it to you. It's a fantastic uh, service option at EcoFun Motorsports. It's right there on Downtown Forest Lake, your Bentelli e-bike experts. University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self-Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. A momentous day in GL, episode 450. Joe found his password. It's time to celebrate. And what better product than our friends at Harmony Spirits? Go on to their Twitter account, and there you can subscribe for their newsletter. And if you do so, you are eligible to be a winner. They're going to select a winner every single month for the rest of the year to have some free Harmony Spirits sent right to you. That's right. Handcrafted spirits made right here in the state of Minnesota. And by the way, that special reserve barrel bourbon that they've got promoting right now, get to the tasting room if you're in the area because uh, they're going to try to get it uh, north very, very soon, and I'll have those details as they emerge. But, man, their bourbon is the absolute best. And uh, go on to their, like I said, go on to their Twitter account, sign up for that newsletter, but also check out their, uh, their online selection as well, and you can there see the hours of that tasting room. But when you stop in at your local liquor store, 
please, please, please make a request for Harmony Spirits. That's how they're able to expand their brand, and they are very appreciative of all you GLers that have either stopped in or posted photos on Twitter with your Harmony Spirits drink. And please let them know that you heard about it right here on the GL Podcast. Bra. Thank you. Okay. This would be the Wednesday I'm of the here. fair. You know what? I'm still here. Right. What the hell am I doing here? This would be a hell of a fair day, wouldn't it? This would be one of those record-setting days. Well, let's play a state fair highlight. Oh, what do you, you have in mind for us? You wanted it right now. I yeah. see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. I see. Okay. Why don't you talk for a minute while I, while I cue it up? Talk with the rook. You know, well. speaking of Harmony Spirits, I've got a little backyard photo shoot that I'm going to do right now uh, mm-hmm. with a, something that I think is going to be unveiled pretty soon here to the Garage Logic fans. And I'm going to feature. I'm going to bring a little Harmony out and. And toast the pushback in Garage Logic. All right. I think, think I think I might do the same. I, uh, Are you having a better day now? Is it, it always gets better when I come in. Yeah, I found all the passwords, and uh, Rich fixed my computer, and we're back on track. I'm going to push my way into the studio then tomorrow. Uh, I think you should. I'm yeah. going to do that. Yeah. I'll swing by tomorrow, if, unless it's too nice. Well, it's supposed, to be, home and, it's supposed to be very nice. All right, I can handle that. Let me take this um, out of here. I, I, did, I did talk to John Woodley, who's my go-between, yep. the gov. Yep. And uh, I'll, uh, I'll tell you tomorrow exactly what John Woodley said. Okay. Um, it's, uh, he, he's not going to make it on the show, but uh, the reason he's not is a long version and a short version. I'll give you the short version tomorrow. All right. But I felt bad for John Woodley. He must have been on the phone with him for about a half an hour mm-hmm. while the governor was explaining to him why he uh, cannot come on the podcast and discuss current uh, the state of current politics? What because he has because he has because he has his own show. Wasn't Wait that? a minute! Wait a minute! What? That's Matthew. He was just on the Dark uh, Horse podcast over the weekend. Yep. Well. I'm saving it till tomorrow till I'm in person. That was a good piece. Right, there you people. go. There you go. Okay. Cool. All right. I wouldn't be surprised if we hear from somebody else tomorrow. I've been hearing rumors. Oh, oh my. I, I, Kenny, should I release that or just hope it doesn't happen? Uh, I, you know what? If, if we announce it, something will change and she'll freak out. Uh, it's best if we just let's. You know what we're gonna do? You're gonna a Nancy just, Pelosi on voice from the <laughs> possibly a voice from the past. Yeah. We're gonna just call her on live on the air and see what happens. All right, all right. right. Let's let's all do it that way. All right, okay. Reavers. Uh, anytime I, while we're still young, yeah, I'm, I got it ready. I was just waiting for the waiting for the pause. So here is the, uh, the, the 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 part of the show last year at the Minnesota State Fair where you said goodbye to Marjorie, and I wanted to include just that little piece because of the huge applause you heard from that great crowd we had at the fair and mm-hmm. then Doris Mold um, comes to the uh, comes to the stage and you reveal your true colors and all of your uh, your city at Kenny what's the word cityatism is 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 so here we go live at the Minnesota State Fair one year ago break and thank you again to Marjorie Johnson Doris Mould runs the... Uh, this is going to be a presentation. Runs the whole animal operation at the fair, yep, doesn't she, Rook? They're working their way... I think, I think the uh, animal had to take a pit stop. <laughs> I see, I see. Well, oh, here comes a beautiful... Uh, How now, Brown? Here we go, How? here we go. Beautiful, uh, I'm going to guess two. a Holstein. I'm going to go Holstein. <laughs> you don't know. You don't just... Hi, don't Doris. Hello, Doris. Let's hear it for Doris Mould from the dairy booth. 
Is that a Holstein? No, Joe. You Jeez. know your breeds. Huh? You know your breeds. This is a beautiful Guernsey. A Guernsey. I meant Guernsey. Guernsey. Yeah, right. Guernsey. Yeah. That is a beautiful animal. As she is. Is that a female? Notice okay, the Joe. Udders. Oh, yeah. Swim. I got her now. Swimsuit yeah. area, I got Joe. her now. I see the deals there. Yeah, All right, <laughs> yeah. All right Joe. And we have Kim Grew with us, and she's one of the owners of the cow. Hi, Kim. Big Bertha. Hello. What's, uh, what's the cow's name? Big Bertha. Big Bertha. Big Bertha. All right. Now, that, that doesn't get a foghorn, does it? No, absolutely not. Absolutely That's a great not. golf club manufacturer. Now, who's, who's, uh, who's doing anything possible to stay in show business here in the back? Okay. Who's in the back? Haley Berkema. What? I'm sorry, honey. Haley Berkema. Haley. Where does Big Bertha live? Big Bertha lives in Wherever she wants. near Cumberland, Wisconsin. <laughs> what the hell are you doing at a Minnesota State Fair? Hey, Joe, it's the best state fair, and we've got the best cattle. That's all that all right. matters. Now, is this, uh, will this cow be entered in a competition? Yes. And, and when is that? Tuesday. Tuesday, and uh, it's called the best cow? <laughs> the, best, the best Guernsey? Wow, he hasn't learned nothing in how many years? <laughs> well, well, Joe, you know, I think we need to practice a little more in the off-season. Yeah, well... You know, Guernsey, Holstein, close That is enough. a very stoic animal. She's barely moved. You know what, Doris? That's one of the calmest cows we've ever had. Yes, she is. She's, she's been incredible. In fact, you know, this is her first day at the fair, full right. day at the fair, and she's our hand-milking cow, and she stood perfect. And look at her, the attention. She was really interested in the world around her, but she's, she's been a very good cow. The one fascinating fact is that she crapped seven times while we were on stage <laughs> in less than half an hour. So we're a record? Yeah, that is a record. We're hoping that she. It is finished. for you. Yeah, it that's more than me. I've ever done. But you know, I think another thing that's interesting, Kim and her husband uh, also had the Supreme Champion cow at the Minnesota State Fair last year. Oh, fantastic! So they have really wonderful cows. Did we meet that cow last year, the Supreme Champion? No, we didn't meet the cow because our cow came the first day of the fair, and the Supreme Champion wasn't named until the following week. That almost sounds theological. The Supreme Champion. The Supreme. Well, you know, holy cow. Yeah. How long before? Uh, how long before? Uh, this becomes a rookie burger. It, it, oh, she's offended by that. Yeah, we she did give me the stink eye, didn't we're she? Not gonna she eat. gave me the look. The cow just gave me the look. Yep. Uh, yeah, well, we're not going to eat her. How many? Well, oh, you don't eat these kind? Is she producing right now? Of course. How many gallons per day? Oh, listen to Mr. Rural take over here. She's producing about 10 gallons a day. Nice. Does that yeah. qualify? Yeah, that, that works out. And she's, uh, she's five years old. And so she's, she's a little older cow. Really a pretty face, too. Yes, lovely face. <laughs> Here we go. Whoa, look out. Doris, I have a question for you. What kind of stress level coming from the farm into the truck to the state fair does this cause the bovines? Well, some, some of them, just like some people, get more excited than others. Uh, it is, you know, cows do like routine. So this is a new environment. Now, Big Bertha has been gone to fairs before, and now look at that boy. She's she's just really uh, she's hot dog loving the crowd here. That's yes, a fantastic cow. No, she is awesome, and she's liking more, having more space because that you know she just yeah. feels more comfortable and more space. But uh, you know some cows get a little stressed out, but she's adapted pretty well because she's come to shows before. Doris, there's a knob on her head. Is that what you hang on to when you ride her? 
<laughs> this right here. What is that? That's called the pole. That's the top of their head. P O L E. P O L L. P O L L. A pole. Right. right. So that's so, a, so it's not an abnormality. No, no, no. It's no. and actually it's just more prominent on some houses. Than I see. Yeah. It's yeah. not a cyst. How so long is this segment? Well, have you heard about? You the, remember uh, the conclusion? Phrase, uh, I don't. No. Oh, did I hug this cow? You did. Cow cuddling. Here we go. Cow. Uh, I have heard a little bit Where about people, that. Where people pay money to cuddle with cows. Kim's I'm, doing it. Kim's I, cuddling her cow right, right now. now. I'm wondering if the GLers here, how many of you would love to see Sushere down there cuddling this cow? Oh. Joe? Sorry. He's going to do it, folks. Get your cuddle on, Joe. Sir, do you need help down the stairs? No. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've, I've milked a cow before. Yes, Joe, Joe's an expert cow hand in his own. Whisper in Hello, her Bertha. ear, Such. Talk into her ear. Hello, Bertha. Oh. Wow, I've never thought I would see the day. I like, I'm pro cow. I like well, animals. I know, but oh. I've worked with you 28 years. You've never hugged me. Oh. <laughs> Hey, I well, you don't have a bump on your head that That's good. True. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And oh, your udders are only half the size. Well, <laughs> thank you for being kind. Thank you for being kind. <laughs> what? what? No, she's a beaut. I am great, Joe. How are you? Yeah, it's been a while, a hasn't it? Hasn't yeah, it has been a year. All right. Well, we'll see you again next Friday. There we go. Yeah, thank you. The, uh, the hugging was, the cow, that, that had to be included on the show today. Yeah. I don't remember any of that. Oh, <laughs> I do. Now that it's all coming back to me. The best it's question, though, by far me. was, you don't, you don't eat these kind, huh? No. Well, what are you going to do? It was a 25-year learning wait process. Minute, wait What's that noise? Is he clanking bottles? Who is? I'm born a little harmony right now. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I got my GL decanter. Uh, <laughs> Oh. It's not as bad as a garage sale, but uh, <laughs> you check back with me in about maybe an hour and a half. It's 2 o'clock somewhere. All right, GLers, thank you. Time is, it is a little early, isn't it? <laughs> I promise tomorrow will be. Uh, now that Jim fixed my computer, we're all set. Jim, thanks for the help. Yeah, thanks for the help, Jimmy. See you, Rock. Anytime. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, hey, don't forget about PodMN, and thank you to all you GLers that have made PodMN your home for all of the past episodes of the Garage Logic Podcast. Hey, check it out. It's free. Download it in your Apple and Google Play stores. And there, if you listen on the app, you can win fantastic prizes, including Garage Logic merchandise. And please do us a favor and give a great review in the Apple and Google App stores. PodMN, listen local. Uh, thanks, Jim. We'll catch you tomorrow on the Garage Logic Podcast. Thanks, Jimmy. <laughs>